Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book Why Evolution is True. Let's go back to December 20, 2005. On that day, all Americans concerned about science and education focused their attention on a court in Harrisburg, held their breath and waited for the official decision on a case. It was battle concerning evolution and intelligent design. The decision of the federal judge John Jones III would come to determine how American students would learn about evolution. The case all began with a school management meeting in Dover, Pennsylvania. During the meeting, administrators had diverging views on the selection of the biology textbook for students. After the argument, an agreement was achieved which required biology teachers to read a statement to the ninth grade students. The statement challenged the rationality of evolution, while the intelligent design was proposed as an acceptable alternative. This was done under the guise of encouraging students to keep an open mind. Parents of the students were infuriated by the statement and came together to take the Dover Area School District to court. The trial lasted for six weeks until the judge John Jones III, a devout Christian announced the verdict. He claimed that intelligent design is not science, but a recycled form of creationism. The verdict underlined that it should not be taught in science classes, and thus the Constitution bans public schools from providing students religious instruction. Jones barely concealed his opinions in the verdict, calling the school board's policy breathtaking insanity. There's no doubt that his decision was a glorious victory for science, and wise people welcomed it. However, Coyne, the author of the book is not too optimistic about it. He believes that this verdict is in fact not a decisive victory, and that more creationists will come out against evolution. No matter how much compelling evidence is found, the results of the annual sampling survey show that more than half Americans still do not believe evolution. No evidence could convince those who oppose Darwin's theory as it goes against their religious beliefs. After all, believing in a religion does not require reason. So why did Coyne write this book? The purpose is rooted in the fact that many people still have doubts concerning evolution. In contrast, others who believe evolution do not know how to defend it. Coyne considered it necessary to explain to them why modern science recognizes evolution as true. Through plenty of compelling evidence, he wanted to show everyone the thrill brought by the sheer explanatory power of evolution, and let them face up to its connotations. It's his sense of historical mission that encouraged Jerry A. Coyne to finish writing this book. He is a professor in the Department of Ecology and Evolution at the University of Chicago, one of the world's top experts in evolutionary genetics, and one of the most important public intellectuals in the field of evolution. He is also a regular writer for The New Republic, The Times Literary Supplement, and National Public Radio. Next, we will introduce the core content of this book in three parts. Part 1, The Battle of Evolution and Creationism. In this part, you will learn how the study on the origin of life shifted from mythology to science. Part 2, Evolution is more than just a scientific theory, it's a fact. For more than a century after Darwin's death, scientists have obtained plenty of evidence to confirm this truism. Part 3, The Philosophical Implications of Evolution. In this part, 
we'll talk about why the theory of evolution will not cause immoral behaviors, and even make those devoutly religious sincerely accept it. Firstly, let's look through the content of Part 1, The Battle Between Evolution and Creationism. At the time when science was not advanced, people were easily impressed by strange natural phenomena due to lack of proper knowledge about nature. They thus attributed the manifestation of the phenomena which they couldn't comprehend to the work of a god. Phenomena such as when squids and flatfish change their color to look the same as their surroundings, so they will not be detected by predator and prey, allowing them to escape and hunt. Another example is hummingbirds that can hover in the air and pivot so agilely that no helicopter could compare with it. Seeing such natural phenomena, people tended to believe that everything was well designed by a master designer. An English natural theologian William Paley said that, when we see an exquisite watch, we naturally think it's made by a watchmaker, because every detail of the watch such as the precision structure and the intricate cog, all indicated that there is a skilled craftsman behind the intricate design. This natural theologian believed that similar to the watch, more sophisticated and complicated features existed in nature. We could find clues of manifestation being created and designed everywhere, all implying that a conscious celestial designer created everything. In other words, a god. Before Darwin put forward the theory of evolution in 1859, almost every educated Westerner accepted creationism. Not until The Origin was published did a real scientific explanation appear. So what exactly is the theory of evolution? Let's discuss two reasons why it's true. First, unearthed fossils confirm Darwin's theory of evolution. These tell us that animals' organs are not created by God, but have evolved. According to the theory of evolution, any two species have a common ancestor at some point in history, and this ancestor is often called the missing link between the two species. For instance, there must have been a transitional species between birds and some bipedal, meat-eating dinosaurs like Tyrannosaurus rex. However, because the common ancestor generally is extinct, and geological changes occur over time, it's almost impossible for us to find what the exact missing link is. Furthermore, the difference between the initial split of the common ancestor may seem to be as little as the difference between you and people in a nearby village. The ancestor will eventually split into two species only after thousands of years of subtle and gradual evolution. As a result, even if we happen to discover the exact missing link, it's difficult to be certain that this is it. But there's still a high possibility for us to find the easily identified fossils, which are as closely related to the missing link as possible. In the 19th century, paleontologists found similarities between dinosaurs and birds when observing some dinosaur fossils. They then started to look for their common ancestor. Nowadays, we know that their common ancestor is a theropod. What would it look like? Would it be the feathered dinosaurs with wings as we imagine? Fossil record shows that an abundant amount of theropods rather than any bird already appeared 200 million years ago while modern bird fossils were formed about 70 million years ago. It means that in order to confirm the truth of evolution, we need to find the transitional species fossils in the layers of rock, which date to a period between 70 and 200 million years ago. 
Darwin told us in the origin that the transitional species was discovered in a quarry in Germany in 1860, and it became the world's most famous transitional species, the Archaeopteryx. The Archaeopteryx fossils were formed 145 million years ago, within our theorized time frame. The Archaeopteryx is more like a reptile rather than a bird. Just as previously said, if not examined carefully enough, even some biologists would miss its feathers. They would classify the species as theropods such as Compsognathus by mistake, because the skeleton of Archaeopteryx is very similar to that of theropods. For many years after the discovery of Archaeopteryx, people found no other transitional species more closely related to birds. It left a big hereditary gap between modern birds and the Archaeopteryx. Until the mid-1990s, when many exciting findings sprung up in China and filled this gap. It was determined that the unearthed fossils were formed 135 to 111 million years ago, including the famous Sinornithosaurus millennii fossils. This creature had long and thin feathers covering its entire body, which were however unhelpful in flying. What's more surprising is the discovery of the Microraptor gui. The limbs of Microraptor gui were all covered with long feathers, which could help it glide down from giant ancient trees, and probably enabled it to slide. It's not hard for us to assume that some of the feathered dinosaurs' offspring would evolve into birds, flying higher and farther. All the fossils mentioned above clearly record the evolutionary history of birds, proving that birds' wings slowly evolved from its ancestors, not designed by God as described in creationism. This is a significant evidence that refutes creationism. Second, to refute creationism, imperfections in the design of God need to be testified. For this, the remnants of evolution serve as good evidence. None of the species in nature is perfect. Still, they always evolve to better fit the environment, not only developing useful tissues, but also losing useless organs to reduce energy consumption. Darwin was interested in collecting beetles when he was young, and found that certain flightless beetles still had vestigial wings beneath their shells. If there exists a powerful god, why would he give beetles unnecessary wings? Only evolution can explain this. Wings were useful to previous ancestors of these beetles, but gradually became underdeveloped and were replaced by new organs and skills to adapt to changes in the environment, as well as living habits. There are also many vestigial features in humans to prove that we evolved. The most famous of all is the appendix, medically known as vermiform. It's a thin cylinder of tissue located at the junction of large and small intestines, and it forms the end of the cecum. By comparing the appendix of different animals, biologists found that the less herbivorous the animal is, the smaller the appendix will be. This means that the appendix is simply a remnant of evolution, which was necessary for our leaf-eating ancestors, but no longer essential for us. Besides, the appendix may bring about serious health problems. For example, it can bring about the clogging, infection, and inflammation of the appendix, also known as appendicitis. If not treated promptly, the ruptured appendix may even lead to death. Furthermore, embryology also provides definite proof for evolution. Coyne pointed out that the most convincing evidence of all in embryology is the human embryos. A human embryo is covered with a fine downy coat of hair six months after conception. The hair is called lanugo, 
usually shed and replaced by vellus hair a month before birth. The lanugo of many premature infants may remain at birth, but will quickly fall off. Human embryos don't need the bushy hair, after all, staying in the womb at 37 degrees Celsius is warm and comfortable enough. Therefore, only evolution can account for the reason why the human fetus has lanugo, as it is the remnant of our primate ancestors. Also, just like human embryos, fetal whales have lanugo as well, which is also the remnant left by their ancestors which lived on land. Thus, as God's design is not perfect, only evolution can explain vestigial features. That's part 1 of this bookie. We talked about two compelling evidence why evolution is an objective verity. First, unearthed fossils confirm Darwin's theory of evolution. For example, the Archaeopteryx, the ancestor of modern birds had many common features with dinosaurs. Second, creatures generally have vestigial organs, such as vestigial wings of flightless beetles and the human appendix. Among these, the fact that human embryos are covered in lanugo provides the most compelling evidence for evolution. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.